Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, we hear about DeFi lending to corporations. Brazil, they arrested the Bitcoin king, and another bank falls in the UK. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, July 6, 2021. I need to correct some information that I said the other day. The other day, we were talking about voting using your face as face ID, kind of like unlocking your iPhone. I said that one in 50,000 people, only one out of 50,000 people can unlock your phone with their face. Basically saying your phone can be spoofed one out of 50,000 people. And that isn't correct. That number is actually for fingerprints. One in 50,000 fingers can unlock your phone if you're using some kind of fingerprint ID. But your face is more like one in a million. So it's even more secure, 20 times more secure than I said on the show. So it just goes to show, and it goes to show me, and hopefully it goes to show you, that we have the technology to make voting secure, ID accessible to everyone. Just use what you have, your face and allow that to be your ID, plus maybe some kind of other factor authentication to vote. Now, of course, there's some people that says, well, I don't want the government to have a picture of my face. They already have it. They have it because you have an ID. You went to the DMV or the BMV. They took a picture of you. They have a record of you, of your face. (laughs) So if you have an ID, they already have it. Now, let's use it for some good. Voting on the blockchain or just voting ID in general. One can only hope. And anyway, that's what I'm fighting for. Now, let's get into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 11.22 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is in at $34,055, up a percent in 24. Ethereum's at $2,294, up 3.3%. Tether is in the number three spot at a dollar. Binance Coin BNB is at $315, up 5.8%. And Cardano's at $1.14. Nope. And Cardano's at $1.41 in the number 5 spot, up 0.2% in 24. Rounding off the top 10, we have XRP, Dogecoin, USDC, Polkadot, and Uniswap. Total market cap, we're at $1.43 trillion in a BTC dominance of 44.6%. Moving into our main conversation today, we're talking to Sid Powell, CEO and co-founder of Maple Finance, and Boulder Bowmans, Chief Investment Officer of Maven 11 Capital. And we're talking about business financing under collateralized loans via DeFi. Sid, Balder, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you, Matthew. Hey, Matthew. Great to be here. Excellent. Look, Sid, here's a question that I have. Companies, they need money to grow, to thrive, to build. Sometimes they just can't get loans from centralized finance. What can they do? That's a really good question, Matthew. So uh, the solution that we provide with Maple is that these companies by and large, these are crypto native companies. So they've got great uh, great profitability and growth runways ahead of them. They can borrow from Maple. And this is where a partnership with a firm like a, like a Maven 11 comes in, is that uh, these firms are able to access under collateralized loans 
from the DeFi ecosystem through Maple. And that would look like borrowing uh, from a lending pool on the platform run by a partner like Maven 11. And you just said under collateralized loans. Um, Balder, what, what does that mean? That means you don't you, you come in for for to borrow for a loan to to finance your business and you don't need a hundred percent collateral to do so, right? So on, on a lot of the other lending platforms, that's obviously the case today. And uh, today you can come to Maple Finance and we can have a discussion about your business and that business is going to be the backing of the loan. So what what type of business are you in? How revenue generating are you? What's your balance sheet? And and all the, based on that information, sort of your credit credit worthiness. That's what we assess, and that's why we write a loan on to, to you as a business. Okay, so first, this sounds like DeFi, not CFI. We had we should state that this is a DeFi decentralized finance lending pro- yeah. program uh, for businesses. But we I still don't understand, uh, Balder, what does under collateralized loans mean? And so you're looking at the business and you're looking at their revenue, their profit margins, and so on and so forth. But who decides? Who decides that they're worthy and maybe another company isn't? That in this in this case, that's us, right? Uh, and that the way we see our role also is that it's very it's a very specialized role. So also for this role, we have hired an, a banker in Europe with a very extensive credit background who is assisting us in this role. Um, and today, that's us. But we see this we see obviously see this grow over time. That we see more people being fit for this role and and grow that pool as more borrowing demand comes in. Sid, I have a question for you now. When you're talking about decentralized fi- finance in, in general and your collateralized loans, when I put my big Bitcoin up there, let's say it's one Bitcoin, I can usually borrow about 50% of the worth of that Bitcoin. I know that it's pretty much locked in. That's the beauty of DeFi. There isn't any negotiation or looking at anything. They just, just know I have the collateral. They give me the loan. I pay it back or I lose my collateral. There's always room That's for right. bias. There's always room for, like, if you're making the judgment and say you and Balder, are you making the judgments on who gets what? How do you make sure that it's fair and equitable across the board? That's a really good question, Matthew. And this is where this is where the kind of the personal element of the relationship with the pool delegate. Um, so the pool delegate is deciding whether a borrower is creditworthy in order to take out a loan. And so that involves a deep discussion around the balance sheet, uh, the operational controls, uh, the growth prospects, and how that loan would be used by the business. Um, and so what we've done with Maple is, is we build in decentralization in that over time, there would be many pool delegates. So it creates a sense of fairness and equity of opportunity for borrowers who come to the platform. Why would somebody want to go a DeFi route instead of, say, a um, CFI route, Balder? Why are people yeah. coming to you guys uh, to get loans if they could just go to, I don't know, JP Morgan? Or can they? Well, that, I think so. If you want to go to JP Morgan, I need you need you need to you know, be a certain size, right? So I think you need to have a wide and long track record. And I think there's a lot of starting businesses in this industry in crypto as a whole who do not have the track record today. And I think that's where we are seeing a big demand for for capital. And that's also where there's not always collateral available to, to pledge. So I think that's where um, uh, Maple Finance as a whole comes in comes in perfectly. It fits that need for capital. What, one further thing on that is that. What we found is you've got this terrific uh, opportunity set of, of customers, of, of institutional borrowers who uh, have developed excellent, very strong balance sheets. And what they're finding is that they are just not catered to by traditional finance because of the information gap and the learning curve that it takes uh, to, to understand the risks and the business models associated with this space. Okay, so walk me through this. You got to walk me through this because I'm need. i more of like a visual kind of person, like more practical. Sid, paint me a picture of a company. I want you just to give me a, a fictional company, but what would that company look like that might use your service? And then how would they go about that? Yeah, that's a great question, Matthew. So um, perhaps I'll start with our, our kind of core company. 
Um, so we've we found pretty deep, pretty deep appetite among market makers and market neutral funds. So let's say we've got ABC Corp. ABC Corp is a really large market maker across multiple centralized exchanges. Now they might have a balance sheet of about $500 million and they might make a return on return on capital of about 100% or 50, between 50 and 100%. So very profitable business, very strong balance sheet, not a lot of debt yet. Um, uh, because they're dealing in crypto assets, they're not very well understood by traditional financiers and they want an under-collateralized loan. So they want to borrow, uh, borrow, let's say, $10 million worth of stable coins without having to put more than that down as collateral so that they can use that in their trading strategies. Now, they're market neutral, so they're not taking the risk of Bitcoin moving up or down. Uh, they're hedged against that. That's our kind of ideal borrower. So very low risk, very strong balance sheet, and very savvy operators. Um, so I would say that that's where we found the, the deepest appetite at the moment, Matthew. All right. All right. I love that. So Maple Finance is looking at that. And then Maven 11 Capital comes in. And what does Maven 11 Capital do in that situation? So we're going to do a full uh, interview, obviously, with the company. And what I said before, right, this whole credit risk assessment we do with Maple, with Maven 11, called also Maple 11, uh, and, and the, the banker we have hired, hired extensively uh, externally. Um, uh, so what's the balance sheet like? Uh, what's the profit and loss? What's the revenue generating capacity? Uh, what's that, what other debt is outstanding versus their, their, uh, their capacity they're currently making? And we incorporate that into, into terms and loans. Uh, obviously, also look at, at, market, at market rates currently. So these are definitely taken into account of, uh, when, we, when we set the terms. And I think the, the good things for these type of businesses is also the, the, the yields are fixed or a lot, a lot more fixed. And the maturities of these loans is a lot longer than, than we see across, across the board in the market currently. Last question I have is we're, we always have like this when, – when I phrase these questions to people, it's always this uh, $500 million company, as you said. Can smaller companies uh, take advantage of this as well? Yeah, no, that's exactly the thing, right? So now, now we gave the, the successful company, or probably the company is already has a standing track record, who is very, who has a builder, uh, who has built their branches. They've been around in the industry for a couple of years. They probably got the, the dozens of employees. But they, we also see great, great companies just being born. People with track records of six to twelve months. When it comes down to um, the, the example Sid just gave, and who are sitting on an AUM of twenty to thirty million, right? They're, they're they're younger, but they might be just as profitable and. I think these type of businesses are definitely not being accepted today by more uh, by more CFI or TradFi. And that's where we're going to be. I think we're going to be seeing an amazing product market fit over the, over the, over the years to come. Wonderful. Sid Powell, CEO and co-founder of Maple Finance and Balder Bowmans, Chief Investment Officer at Maven 11 Capital. Thanks for coming on the Decrypt Daily talking about how companies, non-traditional companies, get non-traditional loans to grow their business. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Terrific. Thanks for having us, Matthew. Moving on to today's headlines. Australian crypto firms are lobbying the government for clear regulation of the industry. Among the firms responding to the government's call for submissions are the cryptocurrency broker SwiftX, crypto exchange Kraken, and R3, an enterprise software platform. Penning a letter to the Senate Committee on Australia as a Technology and Financial Center, SwiftX pushed for clear and robust registration and licensing requirements for digital asset service providers. SwiftX also argued that the government needs to prevent traditional banks from withholding services to digital asset providers acting as unauthorized gatekeepers to the system. The cryptocurrency broker claimed that banks have been unwilling to do business with digital asset companies on ill-advised notions of increased risk. Here's my two cents. You know I'm pushing for regulation. 
But the only reason why I'm pushing for regulation is because I know that the free market doesn't exist when it comes to financial services. We see it all over the place. If a company wants to develop new financial products and it gets to a point where you know banks can start just not allowing them to or allowing their customers to transfer money to their exchanges or use their financial services or kind of have an off-ramp into a fiat currency. We see this all the time. So the reason why regulation is so important is because of the lack of free market. In a free market, these companies will just exist. Try to make the best product as possible. Maybe have some pitfalls. Hopefully don't get scammed or scam people. It'll work out into the economy. However, because securities and the financial market for good or bad, this is not the discussion I'm having, is so regulated that companies don't even want to start working on something. They don't want to get established. They don't want to even take the risk without clear regulation and clear guidance from the government. Because without that framework, lawsuits can happen. Banks can stop working with you. The government can just shut you down. Securities can happen. We need regulation. We need it because it already exists. There's no way around it unless we want to be rogue on it. And companies and the industry and entrepreneurs and businesses need to know how to thrive, how to adjust their business, how to grow, and where to focus their resources. And you can't do that without clear frameworks from the government, from the regulatory bodies, and without reducing the risk of shutdowns, of deplatforming, of roadblocks, and so on and so forth. So, Australia, the United States, the UK, and every other country, please sit down, talk about it, and figure out the best way forward to foster innovation within this industry. Decentralized finance firm Ave's price has surged into double digits following the announcement of Ave Pro. Ave Pro is a permission version of its platform geared towards institutional investors. It was first revealed during a webinar last week. Initially, Ave Pro will support assets with high institutional demands such as Bitcoin, Ethereum, Ave, and USDC. Brazilian federal police have dismantled a cryptocurrency scheme that took around $300 million from over 7,000 victims. After nearly three years of investigation, authorities were able to gather enough evidence to arrest Claudio Oliveira, better known as the Bitcoin King. Oliveira served as the president of the Bitcoin Banco Group, a popular finance firm that made its name during the cryptocurrency boom by promising extraordinary profits for those who trusted it with their funds. Authorities have pressed money laundering, fraud, and other charges against the group Bitcoin Banco and Oliveria. My question to you right now is what is extraordinary profit or interest? And I'm asking this because I think we need to have this discussion. We need to have an education so we can move forward and understand what actually can happen, what is acceptable, what is profitable, and what can I earn off of my USDC or stablecoins or money or fiat without the middleman? And I'm asking this because you see many different offerings from many different companies. Coinbase, 4% interest on your USDC. BlockFi, 8.6% interest on your USDC. And some even go up to 12%. Now, which one is sustainable? Which one is acceptable? Which one is low? Which one is high? Which one is obviously a scam and unsustainable? And which one will have staying power? I think we need to have this conversation because we don't know. Minus the banks, minus the middleman, minus all of their underlying costs, minus their brick and mortars, minus their extravagant paydays for their CEOs and execs and private jets and their marketing and yada, yada, yada. What does actual interest look like from a bank that would make it sustainable, even with the brick and mortars? And what would it even look like without the brick and mortars? If you're all digital, just online, what does interest look like? And we need to figure that out. 
so we can make educated decisions of who huddles our money, how to get paid, and what is sustainable. So exactly as I said, is Coinbase just lowballing us with 4% or is that really what we could get paid that's sustainable for the long term and that's what we should be using? Or is BlockFi's 8.6% more sustainable and more fair market value? What we should be getting paid if a bank or some kind of, I don't know, group is hodling our fiat or our stable coins? Or are they still making absorbent amounts of profits? Or it's actually more like 12 to 15% that we should be getting paid in interest to hodl our stable coins. I'm going to find somebody to have this discussion. I'll be back to you. And finally, UK Bank Barclays has told its customers that they're blocked from sending crypto funds to Binance. A notification reportedly sent to Barclays customers reads, As you made payments to Binance this year, we want to let you know we're stopping payments made by credit or debit card until further notice. This is to keep your money safe. Ha! Rob from London, a listener of the Decrypt Daily, wrote in and said this, They would never do this with sports betting accounts transactions. I'm seriously pissed off and have complained to the bank and threatened to take my business somewhere else. This is another bank to have down here in the UK. I had the same problem with my TSB account some months ago. It's very frustrating to have traditional institutions pulling up the ladder to prevent new technologies from processing. Maybe they don't realize they have 20 years experience working in financial services. I obviously have my two cents on this. I look at this as the UK government not having the balls to make regulation. Or they're using these banks or whatever as their regulatory bodies so they don't have to make laws or discuss this or make decisions basically they're going to the banks and saying yeah you need platform them we're going to take hands off we're going to say well that's a private company decision you guys do you because you're a private company or you're on your own private bank instead of actually having the discussion and making regulations around it or just saying hey you know what no cryptocurrency in the uk y'all deal with it and I think that it's just kind of like a, like a weak way to deal with this. This is the way I look at it because you see it in other aspects, in other industries where the government stays hands off, allows these private companies or private industries to make their own regulations in, in a way that reflects how the government wants it to go without actually the government stepping up and saying, this is what we want. And they kind of like play the victim like, oh, well, it's a private company. It's the banks. I mean, what can we do? But we don't want to infringe on their private entity or their freedoms. What could we do? We're the government. I think it's just a weak, passive way to make regulations, even though you can see that they're going along with it because it is in their interest or it's what they actually want to do. It's just weak governance, in my opinion. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. And DeemerforCongress.com. That's D-I-E-M-E-R for Congress.com. We take crypto, send us some donations. We need Bitcoin, crypto, blockchain, advocates, in Washington, D.C. So we have proactive governance, not passive reactive governance. I'll see you tomorrow. Happy hodling.